Uh, this morning, um, I'm going to talk about the four practice principles. And I've given you a new edition of them. Um, the, the practice principles we've been chanting, the second line has been changed. Um, the uh, original practice principles were written by a student of Joko Beck's and uh, they are chanted at the end of sitting practice in all the ordinary minds and schools. However, uh, Barry Majid uh, decided to change the second line and um, so I thought I'd, I, I would like to implement that as well and I'll talk to you about that today. I um, also, um, when, I, when I sit at home, I, when I finish my sitting, I do, I recite the practice principles silently as well. It's a, they're a very good uh, summation of our practice. And um, so um, from now on, when you take this copy of the practice principles home with you, and uh, when we recite them at the end of the sitting in our practice, uh, We'll just do our best to memorize them and just recite them from memory so we won't worry about handing them out in the mornings. The first line, caught in a self-centered dream, only suffering. Dream is a... Um, very key, important metaphor in Buddhist practice, particularly in Zen practice. As opposed to waking from the dream. I don't know if you have ever experienced having a dream at night. I have sometimes being fully in a, uh, a particularly vivid dream. It may not be a very happy dream. It might be a, a dream where we're feeling afraid or anxious or upset about something. And then we wake up. We have this wonderful sense of relief. It's just a dream. Everything's okay. That experience of waking up from a dream in the night really speaks to the practice itself. When we take the metaphor of the dream to refer to the way in which we get caught up in our thoughts, emotions, our interpretations, our stories of reality. How we live our lives for much of the time in our thoughts and how those thoughts generate our emotions or how our moods generate our thoughts and how this generates how we experience the reality of our world.
how we are living in the future or the past in terms of our thoughts. And our practice is continuously noticing and acknowledging that and coming back to the reality of this moment, our body sensations, the sounds. One of Joko's um, practices that she would recommend to students was during sitting to label thoughts such as if we're thinking of the future it might be planning if we're caught up in thoughts of the past it might be regretting and just to simply give those thought patterns a simple label and in that practice of labeling the thoughts we are actually decentering ourselves from the thoughts we're able to see them just as thoughts they're not reality they're just little thoughts, thought blips passing through our mind as a Japanese teacher Uchimani Roshi who wrote a book called Opening the Hand of Thought so in a sense in which we can sometimes hold on to or grasp onto thoughts or feelings and his metaphor was to open the hand of thought to just let them go all the time so that that's another practice just let the thoughts go notice when we're caught in them let them go notice when a feeling comes up let it come up let it arise let it go So really the first line of being caught in the self-centered dream this also refers to this idea of we hold on to things or we push things away we're constantly preoccupied with ourself our attachment to self and um, so the practice is to let go of all of that and just simply return to the body sensations, the breath to the sounds, to our original awareness. Waking from the dream, or waking to the dream. And in the second line we speak, waking to a dream within a dream. dream is impermanent, constantly changing. Whether we're referring to our thoughts, which are ephemeral, our feelings, which arise and go away. And it's with that struggle often, we don't want to totally embrace and open to the impermanence of reality, which complicates matters and creates what Joko Beck sometimes would refer to as unnecessary suffering. Wanting things to be different than they are. 
the constant searching, the constant desire, the constant hope that the future will somehow bring us the freedom that we want. Often that freedom might manifest as I wish I had a more money or a better job or a different partner or somehow if I just had something my life would work better. Really the freedom that we all are searching for is right here and right now. And it's the freedom from being caught in the dream. So waking is the metaphor freedom. To wake to the impermanence of the dream is liberating. It's that sense of removing the shoe that's too tight. So we wake to that dream within a dream. The reality that we wake to is also a flowing stream of impermanence. The sound of the cars, the sound of the birds, the constant changing pattern of our body sensations, our breath. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher. In Zen we learn from direct experiencing. You don't learn from thinking about things. The teacher is the direct experience of this moment, our true home, which we return to when we wake from the dream. Being just this moment passion's way. Being just this moment, no separation, no us and them. We are just this moment, totally, completely, moment by moment. Compassion's way. Takes courage sometimes to follow compassion's way. Sometimes the moment that we're opening to is not very comfortable, might be anxious, might be fear, might be sorrow. This is the reality of the moment that we open to, that we don't run away from, that we embrace with that heart-mind of kindness, acceptance, allowing, surrendering. Just finished with a very famous gatha. Short gatha in Buddhism is a kind of short poem to facilitate waking up. It ends the uh, the Diamond Sutra. As a lamp, a cataract, a star in space, an illusion, a dewdrop, a bubble, a dream a cloud, a flash of lightning, 
view all created things like this. So the question I leave you with is, who or what awakens to the dream within a dream? <laughs>